broadcasting from the campus of Lynn Benton Community College. We are the Mid-Valley STEM CTE Hub. I'm your host, Casey, and this, this is Closing the Gap. listeners today on closing the gap we are talking with elena percival the co-founder and ceo of the organization women who code hi elena it's great to have you on the show how are you doing today i'm great thank you for having me it's my pleasure um can we start off with you telling the listeners a little bit about yourself oh sure yeah so um i'm originally from atlanta uh, and I've taken a, a bit of a, a winding uh, career path. I, uh, after graduating from university, ended up going over to Germany uh, with a congressional scholarship for a year. And then I got a job at Puma, so the shoe company, and stayed there for an additional three years. Um, and then I, I uh, went back to school and did a MBA. It was actually a dual degree program, so master's in organizational management and and an MBA. And I went to a small women's performance footwear company, so I kind of uh, was transitioning into uh, women's empowerment uh, space. While that was always important to me personally, it was now showing up professionally. Um, And a little over a year after that, I had the opportunity to move to San Francisco. And it was just one of those cities where if you get a chance to move there, Yes, it was on my list to absolutely do it. So I did. And I had an amazing career up until that point. And I hit a little bit of a wall. Um, I wasn't coming from, you know, Facebook or Microsoft or uh, Google. And so my background wasn't automatically translating. So I started learning how to code and getting involved in the tech industry. And that's how I started to move into um, the women who code space and uh, just really fell in love with spending time with smart women talking about technology. And I started to realize it was important. Um, I saw that fewer than 5% of the people getting, you know, the top technical leadership roles were women. And I said, hey, you know, my background in organizational management and community building is actually really helpful for um, bringing in what I'm learning um, from, you know, executives in in the tech industry. Um, So that's how I found my way to Women Who Code. I've now moved back to Atlanta. I have uh, two children, uh, two and a half and four and a half. And so a lot of my my free time is... uh, monopolized by by them, but I get to be part of this just incredible movement. Uh, Women Who Code's the largest and most active community of diverse women technologists in the world. And every one of us at the company, either as employees or volunteers, gets to show up for work every day, trying to make a difference and truly making a difference. So you had mentioned that um we're seeing fewer than 5% of women in the tech industry. Is that how you kind of identified this need to build this organization? Yeah. Um, so 
at the, originally it was just a, a meetup group in San Francisco and a group of, you know, smart women in the tech industry having fun. We were like a close community. And um, I realized it was important because the world started talking about teaching girls to code and teaching women to code. And the media wasn't talking about the needs of the women in the industry or really working at dismantling the biases that they were facing, preventing them from um, staying in their careers and making it to more senior positions. And so what I realized is, you know, we, we have this community and it's not just fun, it's actually important. And we need to be elevating the needs of women in the industry alongside getting girls to code and getting women to um, uh, go into uh, to software engineering positions that you actually need to be supporting um, all pieces of the funnel because what we want is for the women choosing the career and for the young girls um, aspiring um, to come into an industry that can better support them, that can better elevate them and that they can have an even bigger difference and Totally. Yeah. I know that you were just kind of touching on part of the mission of Women Who Code, but could you maybe go more in depth with that and how you guys are working to actually like accomplish your goal? Yeah. So Women Who Code's mission is to inspire women to excel in technology careers. So we're, we are, everyone is welcome. All levels are welcome. But what we really hone in on is the person in the industry, making sure that uh, she's building the skills um, and uh, the leadership uh, skills, the technical and leadership skills to to succeed and make it to, um, you know, the most senior position of their dreams. And um, so what we do is offer close to 2000 free technical events annually. Um, so that's an average of about five per day. We're deeply dedicated to access. So all of our programming, whether it's the scholarships we're giving away, the events that we're having, um, it's all free or scholarship accessible. And so it's a great way for, you know, if you um, are, considering transitioning into the tech industry, or if you are still a student connecting with people in the industry, because it doesn't have that barrier of, of, a, of a price tag um, in front of it. And it also is just important because, you know, women find it so difficult to and invest in themselves. And so we, we constantly work to um, make it easier to lower the barrier to to actually investing in, in yourself and your career. And to be honest, it's fun. You make friends, you learn things, you build projects. Uh, I remember there was um, a time when we were still in person. You know, we haven't been in person for two years now, um, but we went around the room and said, hey, you know, why did you join Women Who Code? Or if you have been a member of Women Who Code, like how has it impacted your career? And everyone went around and I was blown away. One um, uh, person said, you know, I um, decided to do a hackathon with someone at Women Who Code and we won. And then the next person said, you know, I, I work remotely. And so it's just amazing to be in a space where there's other people. And I feel as though, you know, like I'm part of something. And, you know, um, another person said, I was looking for a job and pointed to the person next to them. and was like, and she 
told me to interview at her company and now we're colleagues. And so, you know, there's all of these like pieces that are huge for people's lives. And, you know, when we surveyed our members in the past, uh, actually 80% of the members said they'd had a positive career outcome as being part of Women Who Code. How does someone become a member of Women Who Code? Is there like, like a membership or is it just like you kind of get on you know, like a, like a chat room kind of thing or like how, it, what does it look like for someone um, trying to join? So easy. You go to womenwhocode.com and there's a button that says join and you only have to sign up. Um, so there's, there's no fee uh, to signing up and you'll get access to our scholarships, our ticket giveaways, all of our events. Uh, you can sign up to be a volunteer, which is skill-based volunteering. So why that's important is because women are often judged based on their experience when they're getting promoted, and men are often judged based on their potential. And so people say, oh, he's got so much potential to be a leader. And for a woman, they say, oh, you know, she's never been a leader before. How do we know she'd be good at it? And so it gives you a, a platform to practice leadership and demonstrate that you have those um and build those leadership skills that's wonderful you know, that was i feel like it was really powerful when you were talking about um how men are promoted based on their potential and women on their experience um so why is it important for women in to be highlighted in tech um and also that we pursue a more equal balance of women to men and um getting more women like in leadership roles yeah, I feel like that's a, a multi-part uh, question. Um, one, yeah, it's a big one. <laughs> uh, it's, it, it, it's uh, smart business. Um, companies that have women represented uh, at the executive level make more money. Uh, teams that have um, diversity on it are smarter and more creative. Uh, study after study uh, tells us this. Um, and, you know, it's, there aren't enough engineers right now to meet the current market needs. And so we actually need more people engaging um, and succeeding and staying in, in the tech industry across the board. Um, the other reason I think it's incredibly important is because every industry is becoming a technology industry right now. And so whether you want to choose a path to leadership in media, healthcare, finance, shipping, um, uh, you know, agriculture, no matter what it is, all of these are becoming technology industries. And so really, if you want to move into a path, um, into a leadership role in a company, you will be leading um, uh, a technology organization. So more and more often, having that background, understanding data security, um, it's going to be as important as you know traditionally traditionally having that you know finance background um where you would see uh leaders emerging for sure i feel like it's a good thing to promote students coming into the workforce to not be scared of taking tech classes or computer science kinds of things because i, I totally agree everything is going online especially with the pandemic and how it's been for the last couple of years and in general, it's just so much more efficient, it seems. Um, and I, so a little while back, you had mentioned, again, about women um, not being promoted based on faith that they can do good. They need to 
prove it first. What are some other challenges that you're seeing that women facing in the tech industry and in kind of getting to those roles or even maybe yeah. getting out of a educational path and, and starting a career? Yeah, so one of the things that um, we see in that Women Who Code, we're working to create a cultural shift around it is it's a little more uncomfortable for women to talk about their career successes. And it's a little bit more uncomfortable for society to hear us do it. It's viewed as bragging versus, you know, just representing your, um, your successes. And so, um, you know, we need allies to help amplify, um, amplify, you know, the everyday successes of, of women. And we also need to make it okay and comfortable for women to talk about those successes. And I realized how important this was a couple of years ago when I was speaking to a director of engineering at a company. She said to me, Elena, oh, you know, that's right. I'm actually senior director of engineering and I've been embarrassed to update my LinkedIn profile. Wow. She has a job title, she has a pay increase, she has like all of this legitimacy and recognition around this achievement. So you can imagine every single day when you're in the workplace and you've, you know, put forward an idea or you've um, contributed to a code base or um, you did really well on a project, how difficult it is for women to elevate their successes when they don't have all of these um, like external legitimizing factors. And so it's really important, one, that the culture changes, <laughs> that um, the next generation is, is able to talk about their career successes because, you know, if you can't talk about it, people don't know to promote you. They don't know to give you a pay increase. They don't know to try and get you to join their team because you're so good. And so it, it's, it's critical and really adds up uh, throughout the lifetime of, of your career. And so we need allies to, to help us overcome this bias. And culturally, we need to be able to change. For sure. What does a good ally to women in the workplace look like? You know, um, I think that it's, it's, it's different for different people, um, but a good ally keeps trying. Um, they, they keep testing out uh, different methods. I um, was watching a panel uh, yesterday evening and uh, a young uh, woman said that she was in a meeting with 80 people, about 15 people have talked and a white man said, we haven't heard from a single woman <laughs> actually stopped the meeting and said, you know, we need to make sure we're hearing diverse voices on this very important topic. And, you know, that's was a big enough moment that it resonated not only with this person, but enough to share in a platform that, um, you know, was shared with a hundred people in that moment. And then, you know, uh, the, the, the people who are now, now joining this. And so the little tiny things, um, you know, elevating when someone gets uh, cut off, uh, women are three times more likely to be interrupted uh, when they're putting forth an idea or sharing um, in a meeting setting. And so, you know, finding a way to say, oh, I, I don't think, um, you know, she was finished speaking yet. Um, let's let her finish her thought before moving on. Um, you know, finding finding these steps, um, going 
to her because also women apply for jobs and promotions once they have all of the um, qualifications. Sometimes I've even often seen women doing the job before they go, go for the promotion, saying, like letting them know, hey, you should ask for this promotion, trying to um, wedge open some of those doors uh, and reminding them to elevate um, what they want in, in their career because it's not that women aren't ambitious, it's that society um, treats us differently when we represent our, our ambition. For sure, yeah, I can definitely see what you're saying and I like a lot of those ideas. It just sounds like also being like a good coworker in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you were talking about how you didn't necessarily start in the tech industry. Could you kind of tell us how you, you know, reskilled and, and started going in this direction later in your career? Yeah, there's so many resources available um, online. Um, if you go to Women Who Codes resources page, there's also community groups like Women Who Code and many other organizations that that have um, resources to be able to learn to code. And the exciting thing about it is that technology changes so quickly that you're often only, you know, maybe a couple years behind um, someone who's very experienced in a, a programming language. Because you know, every three to five years, that that person's probably now working in an entirely new programming language. Um, the one thing that I would say, especially if there's you know younger people tuning in, is every time that I've seen someone learning to code later on at life in life, um, like trying to make that transition professionally, they've had even one coding class prior um, to you know um, continuous learning as an adult they learn so much faster. So if you are thinking about what you're going to do for summer camp, if you're thinking about what you're going to do, um, you know, picking up one, one CS class, if you're not sure that you actually want to become a software engineer, still take a class um, if, if it's accessible to you. If it's not, um, like, teach yourself, do, do an online class, you know, there's Coursera, edX, all of these, Udemy, uh, all of these ways to kind of just get that foundation. So what do you think can be done locally and even globally to get women into the tech industry and retain them in tech companies? So, I mean, truly, I think coding needs to be part of the core curriculum starting at the elementary school level. And we need to be seeing that change to be able to capture you know, the historically excluded um, minorities, low-income women uh, from having high potential um, technology careers later on in life. And um, so that's, if I could wave my magic wand, that's the big change that that I would be asking for. Um, But what companies can be doing is making sure that they're examining uh, their um, their processes for equality. So if you put a job uh, post out there and 95% of the applicants that you're getting are men, then you have a pipeline issue. If um, you have fixed your pipeline issue and um, you know 95% of the people getting through the interview process are now, uh, are now men again, 
it means you need to fix your interview process. And then when you find that um, promotions, you know, 95% of the people getting the promotions are men, it means you need to fix your promotion process. And starting all over again, because as soon as you fix something, um, there's going to be something else to fix later on. So a continuous cycle of, um, of evaluation. We don't see a large number of women in comparison to the amount of men that are going into tech. And I was hoping maybe you could shine some light on, on young women and people of gender minorities that are listening to the show on why they should consider pursuing an educational path and a career in tech. Tech is a, a fantastic career path. If you look at any of the lists that say, you know, top 10 jobs, well-paid, good hours, great working environment, um, probably four or five of those are going to be technology related. Um, there's, there's so much career potential right now. And the truth is the industry is only going to be better with you in it. And so you choosing this career path, you bringing your whole self into companies, you elevating when you see how companies can be better, how the industry can be better and helping to make that change. It, it's only going to get better, but the tech industry isn't going away. Like I said, every industry is becoming a tech industry. And so um, choosing, choosing to be part of it and to help create, um, you know, the pieces that are, are molding um, what we are using and, um, and having every day. Also, we need your perspective on that. And so it, it's, it's so important to have, have that diverse set of voices, not only defining what our products are, um, you know, being part of companies, being part of wealth generation, um, you know, we want you to create the ideas that haven't been created yet because your ideas might be better than any of the ideas that are currently out there. Earlier in our, our talk, you were mentioning how, you know, women have a hard time kind of being proud of their accomplishments. And I was wondering, would you be willing to be an example and, and share some of the accomplishments that you're most proud of in your career? Um, for... For me, it's pretty easy because I'm able to divert it uh, to, to other people's successes. So what drives me to wake up every day and feel passionate about what I do is the stories um, and the like individual outcomes that I hear for uh, people who are in our community, volunteers, like the leaders um, who are in our community. So when you know our um, director in Mexico City told me that her salary had increased 200% since becoming a woman who code director. And that was in under one year. Wow. That <laughs> is one of the things I'm most proud of when the woman um, came up to me at an event and said that she had been coming to our Python events and ended up becoming a data scientist. And now she was a senior data scientist and being flown across the country to speak at a conference. That is one of the things I'm most proud of. And when a woman um, who uh, received one of our, our first scholarships and um, she was a single mother who was living below the poverty line. Let me know that she had a software engineering role at LinkedIn and I have an understanding of how much money you make as a software engineer at LinkedIn and what that means for her and her family. 
that is one of the things that I'm I'm most proud of. I can keep going, you know, for days and days, um, because, you know, I I have the the honor of being being part of this mission. That sounds so rewarding. I love that. That's wonderful. So perhaps there are, you know, students listening to this or people that are looking to kind of re-educate and go into tech, um, but maybe they're not like so interested in coding. Uh, could you maybe talk about some career options that are out there that people could pursue to be in the tech industry, but not have to code at all? Yeah. So right now, you know, in the tech industry, in the like development side of things, the no code, low code uh, development of of products is is huge. Um, so I would say that's one um, area that's emerging a lot. So if you start to learn how to code, but you realize that you know you don't necessarily want to really be deep in um, using code for problem solving, um, kind of a little bit more from from scratch. There's there's this new um, emerging way of, of development. But then there's also um, product management. So think about the, the product or the app on your phone that you use most frequently. How could it be better? If you were the product manager, it would probably have that feature. And there's um, project managers. So if you're good at organization, um, you know, um, making sure that things are hitting their timeline and that goals are clear and everyone is working toward the, the same area. There's people who are doing uh, technical uh, communication. So um, documentation, um, you know, if you're, if you're a strong writer and you're good at driving clarity, that, that might uh, be a path that you would choose. Um, you know, there's, there's marketing, you know, uh, that's heavily involving analytics um, these days. It's it's very strongly connected to um, to you know having that that technology mindset, uh, building being an entrepreneur, you know, building your own company, uh, understanding uh, what what you can build, what you can hire uh, people uh, to do. Um, so there's you know such a, a spectrum of really any area of business. Um, that is is now the tech industry, and honestly, the the companies that I get super excited about are the ones that are traditional industry, but using technology to you know dramatically improve upon it. So that you know that could be the trucking industry. That could be um, you know it doesn't have to be this like traditional technology industry. And I think the experiences and your lived experience informs what what you can imagine um, really uh, developing and, and shifting the world. And I remember when I moved Women Who Codes headquarters from San Francisco to Atlanta, you know, I just thought, you know, you've, you've kind of got this in, insular, like, how can we get pizza to us faster, sort of like, development mentality but when you move to other parts of the country other parts of the world that's when you see people who their lived experiences is different and so they are able to innovate in entirely new ways i think that's great i feel like so often that we put this idea of having a career in tech into a little neat box that you know you have to fit inside of it or you're not part of it but 
I like the, it's a very empowering idea that really anything that you do, you can get into this like industry that's just booming and can only take you up with it. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you have any words of advice for young women or people of gender minorities that are looking to pursue a career in tech? Um, I know that we talked about getting that foundational knowledge, but could we Mm -hmm. take it a step further? Yeah, so what I recommend is um, connecting with people who have recently entered the tech industry. So maybe they are one or two levels above where you would hope to be. Maybe they're an intern at the company. Maybe they are, um, you know, just one one level um, above or two levels above that. Ask them, you know, what do they love about their job? What do they love about the company? What skills um, made them right uh, for that company? And you know what? Before you hang up, say, hey, if, if I saw a job at your company, would you be willing to refer me? And people are so accessible these days, you know, with Twitter and LinkedIn, um, you can reach out to someone, say, you know, could I have a, you know, a 10 minute Zoom conversation with you? And it's, it's very easy to, to make that happen. And um, if you make it easy for people to help you, they're likely to be willing to do so. That's excellent. Well, do you have anything that you would like to promote? So is there anything that's, you know, uh, big coming up for you? Yeah. Um, so Women Who Code has our um, annual Connect conference coming up at the end of May. And we have scholarship tickets available. That doesn't mean that it's only going to a few people. It means if you apply for a scholarship ticket, you're going to get it. So I encourage everyone who's listening to this uh, to um, go to our Twitter handle, at Women Who Code, uh, visit uh, womenwhocode.com, sign up for our newsletter, and please join us at our, our conference at the end of May. Awesome. That's great news. Um, well, those are all the questions I have for you today. Um, I really appreciate you coming on the show and speaking with me today. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Closing the Gap. If you like this show, subscribe on Spotify. You can also find us on Instagram at MVSTEMCTE, on Twitter at MidValleySTEM, and online at MidValleySTEM.org. Until next time, keep progressing.